Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, here on the Gospel for Life, uh, we have the normal co-host, except for we are missing Pastor Phil today. So, uh, what that means is that, Jonathan, you do have to work extra hard in keeping this professional. Because we really don't want the radio station to go out of business. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We are right in the middle of Advent season. We're right at the beginning of Advent season. And we talked about Advent um, a couple shows ago. And basically, Advent is the season leading up to Christmas. Uh, We live in between Jesus's first coming, his first Advent, and his second coming, his second Advent. And and Pastor Russ, you said something on the the show yesterday that I thought was so good that really, you, you said all of church history, but really all of human history is divided up into two parts. One, in anticipating the Messiah to come for the first time. And then secondly, for all of humanity, anticipating for the Messiah to come the second time. What a great way to view all of world history. So we are in Advent. It begins after Thanksgiving. It leads up to Christmas. And so we are looking at um, several benefits of uh, observing Advent. So here's the first benefit of observing Advent. Number one, Advent reminds us that we are not the center of God's plan. Yeah, when you when you think about Christmas, um, for so many people, and I think it's a temptation for all of us, is that we become inwardly focused, that it, it's about us and our traditions and our family and what we do. And so then all of a sudden, we've taken this, this narrative that's supposed to be about God and his work and his great redemptive plan, and all of a sudden we flipped it and made it about what we do and you know that this is true because just touch some family's Christmas tradition and see how they do with it. Um, yeah, they can't. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me because I I grew you, up in you a see home. It, you see it when two people get married and they yep. have different oh, traditions. For sure. <laughs> I grew up in a home where we basically had no Christmas traditions. We celebrated Christmas when it worked, and so maybe that was on the twenty first, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. 30th, maybe it was in January. We, d- we didn't care. It wasn't about some tradition. It was about that we were together as family, and we were trying to remind ourselves of, of the work of, of Christ. But I don't think my family was the norm. You start interacting with people, and you realize, wow, they've got a, they've got a lot of strong feelings about maintaining what they do. Mm-hmm. And then you need to remind ourselves that we're not the center. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is really... Um, this isn't just a, a once a year thing. I mean, this being selfish and being self-centered and putting yourself at the center of all of life is a problem that we have 365 days a year. I mean, I'm going through the book of First Corinthians right now um, on Sunday mornings, and this is the problem that Paul deals with in the first four chapters. He doesn't even get 
First Corinthians is a book of problems. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even get to the yeah. second problem until chapter five. The first problem is you are absorbed with yourself. And this is the problem of every human being, including Christians. This is the reason why we have church splits and church fights and disagreements. James says, why do you have quarrels and fights among you? Is it not because your passions are at war within you? And so really, this is a problem that we have all year long. But Advent in particular reminds us that the calendar does not revolve around us. It revolves around what Jesus Christ has done in redemptive history. And I think it's just important to note what a blessing it is that we actually are part of that big narrative. Not to try to steal that limelight, but to to just reveal the graciousness of God. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning of the world, before the foundation of the world, God had already planned and orchestrated his work of redemption through his son. That they, He knew that there was a moment in time when Jesus would come. That wasn't random. It was um, known and foreordained from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true about the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is a day when God will finally say, now is the time where I want to draw all of my people to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing yes. that we get to be included in that great day yeah. of where God's longing, the longing of God's heart is to have his people with himself. Yeah. I think that's enough. I don't think we need to try to flip anything more on ourselves. And that's really, I I really believe that's the secret to living right now is living with the second coming in view, not not just merely to escape problems, uh, although that will be great, Mm -hmm. and not not merely to escape our sin or our decaying bodies, but because it's Christ, because we get Christ at the end. Mm -hmm. If a person lives with that in view, they really will, like we talked about living in joy a couple of days ago, you really will live a joyful life. If your life is spent, how can I live for the Messiah today? So the second um, potential benefit of observing Advent is that Advent reminds us of generations of saints longing for the Messiah. When we open up the book of Genesis and we realize when sin came into the world, we have a promise that God made in Genesis 3.15 of a seed that was going to be born to the woman. And then and through the pages of Scripture, you see the anticipation of Christ. You know, Christ would say on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples after his resurrection that all of Scripture was about him. You know, and so we see this purpose and plan being put into action and the, the saints of the Old Testament longing for the Messiah. And even, you know, like we've said already, we're living between two advents. He he has come. He came he came to to suffer and die for us. But in but he is coming again to reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and to also bring us. Um, we live between an already and not yet. For those of us who are believers, we already have some of those benefits, but we don't have them yet in the full manifestation of what God has promised to us. I has not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for them that love Him. We can't even imagine. You know, you can sing, I can only imagine, but you can't imagine what God has prepared for you. Amen. It's just interesting that in Genesis 3, you've got the story of the fall. And with the fall of man, right away God gives the first gospel promise that he will send a seed, a Messiah. And Adam and Eve then have children, Cain and Abel. And the naming of Cain indicates that they believed that was the one. Right. Yeah, I've gotten a man. I've gotten Even the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, what does that say? That they believed in hope. They did believe in hope, but it also shows that they thought it was going to be right away. Yeah. And then you go through the entire Old Testament. It's just this whole long delay. Yeah. And promise after promise after promise after promise, hundreds and hundreds of promises of the coming Messiah. Yeah. And he doesn't come. Well, and then you wonder when you open up the New Testament, why am I reading these genealogies? Because you're reading these genealogies of hoping for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And you're you're realizing that that this promise goes all the way back to Adam and the the coming of Christ. I think 2020 um, in particular – Hopefully, our listeners and and just Christians in general will refocus their attention on this idea of time and longing. Because I've had people come up to me and say, "Oh man, the the Lord must be coming soon because of everything that's happening in America." And I, I don't pretend to know when the Lord's coming. I don't know, but that's a very American centric view. I always laugh when people say that. <laughs> so well, helpful as so, a pastor. So if you're listening, don't don't hear us wrongly. We desperately want Jesus to return. Desperately. But, but if you read it, the New Testament, in Thes- the people in Thessalonica thought he was coming in his their generation too. Yep. Yeah. So just hop on board the, ge- the, the train of everybody yeah. else in church history who has thought he's going to come. I have people all the time tell me he's he's clearly coming in, in this generation. And that's when I laugh. And I'm like, well, just you just join everybody else who's said that for 2,000 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it does point to the the longing even this yes, year yes. even this year of, you know compared to some of the suffering that's gone on in the world uh, through the generations and through different nations and that you know what we've experienced gives us a longing for that day when um, you know all things are going to be set right yep. and there's a and that and this is why Advent is so important to us you know even when we're not prepared to enter into that longing it forces us to enter into that longing to anticipate him returning yeah yeah amen a third thing benefit is that advent connects us to centuries of church tradition and i know once again we have people that i mean i used to have a, a former pastor who said that Christmas is a stench in God's nostrils. So he was not necessarily in favor of the Advent season. Um, however, I do think that it does connect us to church tradition that that is helpful. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think all of us would recognize that it would be sinful not to recognize um, churches in other spaces right now. So in, in this room, we have three churches represented, we recognize that there are expressions of God's local church all over the world. So it it would be very narrow-minded of us and bigoted of us to think, well, we're the only church, right? But apply that to time, not not just space, but time. Where this age of churches is not the only age of churches that have existed. There have been 2,000 years of the Christian church existing, and this is one way that we are connected to our brothers and sisters of of yesteryear. Well there, and there's two kinds of tradition too. There's there's uh, the creation of traditions that really don't point to anything and then there's the realization of tradition that has enhanced our awareness of what God's word actually says. Yeah. And so, you know, we do that with maybe, you know, we do that with the the creeds and confessions, yeah. the apostles' creed, the Nicene yeah. Creed, you know, this is the the church has said what is the what does the Bible say about these things? And so the Advent season, you know, while it didn't 
begin entirely till maybe the fourth century, uh, you know, when people began to set a calendar and let's do this at this time of the year and this at that time of the year so that we at least rehearse yeah. what God's Word says. So a church calendar is really an experience of a summary of God's Word throughout the year that ought to be repeated in yeah. some way or no, some fashion or other. And we can do that you know, if you're the if you're a pastor that doesn't want to celebrate "quote unquote" Christians Christmas, you can enter into that through just the proper exposition of God's word mm-hmm. over that period of time, and it and your congregation is enhanced by that exposition year by year. Yep, you're the doing fact the of, same thing. Yeah, yeah, the fact of the matter is, we have no idea when Jesus Christ was born. I mean, it's naive to think that right. December 25th was his birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than likely, it wasn't even the right season. Right. What difference does it make? Yeah. We Pick know it. he was born. Yeah. So if we just pause at some time during the year and it happens to be in December, yeah, I don't think that matters. To you know, me, you're preaching the, through the Gospels, yes. you know, you're going to end up with, you know, at Easter sometime when it is an Easter. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So. so to me, it's about just remembering uh, something that the church has done for for really over a millennium. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 